This is Running the Race with Pastor Eddie Pinero of Calvary Chapel of Milford in Milford, Pennsylvania. couldn't even walk at the pool of Bethesda in John chapter 5 in the gospel. You want to study that too because the hyper-faith Christians say, oh, they didn't have enough faith. Christ didn't ask for his faith. All Jesus asked, you want to be healed? Okay, take up your mat and walk. He didn't say, yes, Jesus, heal me. I believe in you. I've heard of you. Actually, he didn't, he didn't know of Jesus. He, he had to go to the Pharisees, to the, the Sanhedrin council, and they asked him, who is this man who healed you? I don't know. Never. Don't know his name. And then Jesus bumped into him again. The ways God works and the reasons he works are beyond our capacity to understand. At times, he heals people in miraculous ways, while other times he seems to ignore the afflictions of his most faithful servants. While we may not understand with our limited perspective, even when he doesn't answer our prayers exactly like we wish, Pastor Eddie will remind us today that we need to trust that God is good and his will is better than ours. Well, Let's join Pastor Eddie in the book of Hebrews chapter 4 as he continues his message, Promised Rest for God's People. They heard the message. They heard the prophecies about the Messiah would come. But they did not have faith. And listen, don't anything you read in the word of God, Genesis to Revelation, anything you read, do not take it lightly. Take it it and apply it in faith. Apply it to your life. The warnings, take it serious. About salvation, take it serious. The things that offend God and and sin against, take it serious. We are to take it serious because it's the word of God. Later on, the writer of Hebrews is going to write this in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6. He says, but without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder, rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Later, Paul writes in Romans chapter 10, verse 17. So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. That's how we get saved. We heard the message, we have faith to it, and we respond to it. The gospel message of Jesus Christ, again, has been, has been preached for thousands of years, and still many are rejecting the truth, the only way to salvation. We need to continue to share the, the truth about Christ, and that is what's going to lead us to arrest. And that's the theme. It's talking about arrest here. Now, there is a contrast between those who believe, in the next verse we're going to see, and those who do not believe. Those who believe and those who do not believe. There's no between ground. The world loves to be in the between ground. They think they are, but they're not. I read an article many years ago that songwriters that write songs about I'm seeking, I'm searching, uh, sells more albums than those that found it. Because it's, okay, I'm seeking, I'm searching. What does that mean? That doesn't mean you're right with God. You could be searching all you want, but you need to put your faith in Jesus Christ. There's no between ground. There are those who believe and those who do not. And so he writes in verse 3, for we who have believed do enter that rest. As he has said... 
And here's the contrast. He's still quoting Psalm 95. So I swore in my wrath, they, that's those who do not believe, shall not enter my rest. Although the works were finished from the foundation of the world. The work was finished from the foundation of the world. This rest was completed from the foundation of the world. When, when the Lord created heaven and earth. He's going back to that time. Let's look at verse 4 and 5. He says, for he has spoken in a certain place of the seventh day in this way. He's going to now quote Genesis chapter 2 verse 2. That's why you probably see in italics in your Bible. Genesis chapter 2 verse 2. He says, and God rested on the seventh day for all his work. From all his work. Verse 5. And again in this place. He's quoting again Psalms 95 verse 11. They shall not enter my rest. This rest has been God's plans from the, from the very beginning. From the very beginning, the rest that we are in right now, you and I, because of Christ. You know, when, before God created heaven and earth, you know, he, didn't, he wasn't surprised when he created man, they sinned. He said, oh, vague. I should have known this. God knew it from the very beginning. Before he spoke the word, said, let there be light or light be. God knew this from the very beginning. God knew that man would fall. God knew that he would, he would sin against God. God knew there would be murder. But God also knew that he was going to make a way where there wasn't a way through his son, Jesus Christ. He knew this. But in six days, God created heaven and earth. And on the seventh day, God rested. Now, please don't picture God like really exhausted, sweating and say, Whew. but that was a lot of work. Those trees, unbelievable. You know what it is to put stars up in the sky? Don't, don't picture God like that. That's not what rest means. The word rest in the Hebrew is Shabbat, to stop. Shabbat, it means to cease. It means to stop. So God, Shabbat, ceased. He stopped from doing what he was doing. And that was creation. That doesn't mean God stopped completely. He didn't stop being God. He didn't stop working. God is working today, is he not? He's working in your life. I think that's more work than creation. <laughs> My life, oof. Boy, six days was easy. Eddie, you were... <laughs> He's always working. I'm grateful for that. Interestingly, when you read the creation account, you read, you know, at the very end when God finished day one, you read in Genesis, the first two chapters of Genesis. When he finished day one, it, it, it would end this way. So evening and morning were the first day. The second day, so evening and morning was the second day. The third day, so evening and morning was the third day. So evening and morning was the fourth day. So evening and morning was the fifth day. So evening and morning was the sixth day. Sixth day, And on the seventh day, God rests. It doesn't say evening and morning on the seventh day. It says it at the, when God finished, day one, two, three, all the way to six. But when it came to the seventh day, there is no evening and there's morning. Now, we know there is for our calendar, right? The word yom, Y-O-M, in, 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 in Genesis, speak of a specific 24-hour day. And you got some interpreters say, well, the day can mean a thousand years. Go to the Hebrew, <laughs> okay? It's amazing we could, you know, apply the yom in the Hebrew word day for everything else. But when it comes to creation, no, we don't, that doesn't mean that. <laughs> God created in days, not a billion years. That's a lie. When I went to school, it was thousands and thousands of years. Then my kids went to school, it was, it was a million years, two million. Now it's billions. Do I hear zillion? <laughs> it's like, get it straight. You don't, you know, 
it's all circular reasoning, you know. How do you test time? Well, you look at the fossils. How do you test the fossil or rocks? With the rocks and the fossils, you say, okay, that's how you test it. Looking at the fossil, that's how you know how old something is. Okay, how do you know all the fossils? Good, look at the rock. You know, it's like, circle. It's a nut. You know, it's going crazy. <laughs> I believe what the word, the word of God says. And I think the fact that the morning and evening, not mentioned in the seventh day, is to show that God's rest continues. As we see in our text, the rest of God continues. It is his rest. God didn't—he stopped creating on the seventh day. He rested because that points to a day that we speak of now with you and I, when we place our rest in Christ. But God is still working today. And matter of fact, you remember when Jesus met the uh, man who was uh, sick for 38 years. He had this infirmity. He couldn't even walk at the pool of Bethesda in John chapter 5 in the gospel. You want to study that too because the hyper-faith Christians say, oh, they didn't have enough faith. Christ didn't ask for his faith. All Jesus asked, you want to be healed? Okay, take up your mat and walk. He didn't say, yes, Jesus, heal me. I believe in you. I've heard of you. Actually, he didn't, he didn't know of Jesus. He, he had to go to the Pharisees, to the, the Sanhedrin council, and they asked him, who is this man who healed you? I don't know. Never. Don't know his name. And then Jesus bumped into him again. But this is what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 5, verse 17. He says this, my father has been working until now. And I have been working. And the working is to bring salvation for the world. And it's still a working in God's part because Jesus said, I go prepare a place for you. And he's still working in us. He's still working. And, and you know, the Pharisees were set because Jesus healed on the Sabbath. <gasps> on the Sabbath? I was dying. I had IV bags on me. I have all these machines on me. I was dying. I was only 20-something. I had my life. But he healed you on the Sabbath. Oh, I'm the only one that could provide for my family. And I've been through some. You healed on the Sabbath? Didn't care about the man's illness. And that's how the religious Pharisees were. And there's some that are very religious about it today. Always oh, the Sabbath. Is the Sabbath. Not understanding what the Sabbath is all about. As a matter of fact, the Jews, the Pharisees in those days added 13 chapters to the Sabbath. And they made a rule about everything with the Sabbath. Every day, they just, just started adding things. They got together, had a little powwow. And, okay, let's just add something. I think we need to make an even number next year. Oh, let's make an odd number. Let's just add some. Let's add a number. Let's add the 14th chapter. Thank God I didn't go there. But good thing we don't believe in that. Anyway, but they add to it. They add to the commandment, to the, the single commandment of the Sabbath, even spitting on the ground. You can't spit on the ground because your saliva makes clay. So your saliva is working, making clay with the ground. That's why Jesus, when he healed the man that was blind, he spat on the ground. But he said, what, are you, what kind of practice is Jesus doing? Well, he's showing them that he's going to continue to heal on the Sabbath. He's still going to do the work of God in the Sabbath. He spat on the ground. There you go. Made some mud in the clay and put it in the man's eyes. And he said, go wash your eyes. And the man regained his sight. The Lord could have said, Lord could just say one word, you know, restore his sight. But, and, and that's how it is where it becomes legalistic. They missed the point. And we need to be careful because uh, that's what the Seventh-day Adventists did. They, they, they took it away. The Sabbath which points to Jesus, rest in Christ, and they have made a, a religion out of it. But they forget that it's about Jesus. 
Colossians chapter 2, verses 16 to 17, Paul writes this to the church of Colossians. He says, so let no one judge you in food. So you can have bacon and eggs. You can have cheeseburger. It's okay. If it's not kosher, it's okay. It may not be healthy for you. That's where you need to use your wisdom. So let no one judge you in food or in drink or regarding the festival or new moon or Sabbath. Let no one judge you. Why? Because there were people judging people because of what they were doing on the Sabbath, which are shadow. This is why it's there of things to come. But the substance is Christ. It all points to Jesus. So in creation, when the Lord didn't add in his seventh day, uh, there was morning and evening. It's because it's going to continue on that rest that God promised the children of Israel, that rest that God promised us, you and I today. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 2, verse 27, 28, and he said to them, the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. Therefore, the Son of Man is also Lord of the Sabbath, because it's about him. And so God's rest began in creation, and it continues for us today in Christ and through Christ. Verse 6, he goes to say, therefore, since therefore, it remains that some must enter God's rest. It's talking about God's rest. Started, it remains. And those to whom it was first preached did not enter because of disobedience. We can't, re- we can't enter into Christ's rest because of disobedience. That's the warning the writer of Hebrew gave us. The drifting away, okay? And the hardening of hearts of unbelief. The children of Israel did not enter God's rest, the promised land, because of disbelief. Verse 7, again, he designated a certain day, saying in David, today, after such a long time, as it has been said, today, if you will hear his voice, do not harden your heart. He's repeating Psalms 95. He's just giving this you know, this commentary, he's doing a study. He's just using that whole passage of Psalms 95 to point to the children of Israel. They know the story, but now they're hearing it from the psalmist who writes and tells them this is why they did not enter. And he brings David in the picture now. And because in David's day, God's rest was offered by the Holy Spirit saying today, if you hear the voice and today, no matter what day you say today, it's today. It doesn't work tomorrow. You can't go back tomorrow and say today. You can't go, well, tomorrow, I'm going this way, and it's, um, you know, left. But anyway, yesterday, okay, tomorrow, you can't say today. Yesterday, you can't say today. Today is the only time you can say today. And the way today was in David's day is still today for us today. Got it? Good. It's going to be a test on that one. It's going to be hard. The reason why the today is there because there's an urgency of this rest that we need today. In fact, today is mentioned um, when he started with this rest back in chapter 3. It's mentioned five times into our text this morning. In, in Back in chapter 3, verse 7, chapter 3, verse 13, chapter 3, verse 15. And, and, and here today, we'll see it multiple times. So it's, it's used because it's important today. This rest is important. We need to be in that rest. Why? Again, because we don't know what tomorrow would bring. Tomorrow is not promised to you. Tomorrow is not promised to you. And for those of you who are very young, like me, why, why are you laughing? 
But those of you who are young, listen, I know you think, hey, your life is ahead of you, but you don't know what tomorrow is going to bring. You don't know what tomorrow is going to bring. However, we said it in our last letter, we don't know what, ho- what tomorrow holds, but we do know who holds tomorrow, and it is by faith in Christ Jesus. He holds everything. He holds eternity in his hand. He's the Alpha and the Omega. He's the first and the last, the beginning and the end. The Alpha and Omega is like that alphabet, you know, Alpha, Omega. Okay, it's like, it is amazing how, you know, when you look at words, these Alpha and Omega, these are letters, you know. He's the A to Z and everything in between because you need letters to make word and he is the word. And we need to trust in him. That's why today is so important is the urgency we see it in his letter. He's, he's, he's telling the Hebrew believers, listen, you, you've been there. You know that Jesus is the promised Mashiach, the Messiah. You saw the prophecies. He fulfilled those prophecies, over 300 prophecies from the Old Testament, the Messianic prophecies. He fulfilled those prophecies. He is the Messiah. You accepted him. Where else can you go? How can we neglect so great a salvation? Why do you want to go back to the rituals and the law? It was a shadow. It pointed to Jesus. Now we have the substance. Jesus, why are you going to go back? Today is the day of salvation. Today is important. That's why he writes to the church in Corinth in 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 2. For he says, in an acceptable time, I've heard you. And in the day of salvation, I've helped you. Behold, now, now is the acceptable time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. Now, not tomorrow. No one promised you tomorrow. No one promised you two more days right now. No one promised you a week or a month or a year. You don't know. We, we read in the paper all the people that died every day. So many people are just dying from, I don't know what, they're young, accidents or whatever, illnesses. It's amazing. Nobody, nobody knew. It's all a surprise. You never know. That's why it's important today to be right with Jesus Christ. Don't wait for tomorrow. Accept Jesus now. Don't wait because you, you can't tell the Lord, well, I made it a church Sunday, you know, September 18, 2022. Going to church don't make you a Christian any more than going to McDonald's make you a hamburger. You know that one, right? That was, I'm sorry. That was boring. That was corny. But you understand, you, you can't be saved by coming to church and doing works. We do that because of what Jesus done for us. We do that because we grow in faith. But you need to accept Jesus Christ as Lord and personal Savior in order to enter the kingdom of heaven. You can't go through Buddha. You can't go through Muhammad. You can't go through any other God. It's not their heaven. It's not their kingdom. They're not gods. They're still dead. Jesus rose from the grave. He's alive and he's seated, seated now at the right hand of the Father. And so he, he, he now, the writer of Hebrews, in verse 8, he says, For if Joshua had given rest, then he, the Lord, would not afterward have spoken of another day. So in other words, if Joshua, see, Moses didn't lead the children, he didn't make it to the promised land, you remember. uh, Moses didn't lead the children of Israel into the promised land. It was through Joshua. So he's pointing, he says, if Joshua made it, still remains, you know, what did he say? He said, then he would not afterward have spoken of another day. So David is speaking of another day. We're talking about after Joshua. Why is David saying, okay, well, Joshua led him into the promised land. Why is this still a day? Why is it so important? Because we, now we get it in the book, of, you know, we see it in the Psalms. Because going to the promised land didn't solve it. Because when they made it to the promised land, they still were sick. They still got sick. There's sicknesses, right? There's sorrow, suffering. They, some of them still died. 
It's not like, okay, we're in the the promised land. We're not going to die. We're going to live forever. This heaven. Nope. It was a picture. It's pointing to Jesus Christ. So there was still sickness. They still died. So God's true rest is not by Moses. It's not by Joshua. It's through Jesus Christ. The rest that the writer is speaking about is Jesus. Later on, we're going to see that. But it's not the Sabbath day. It is not a Canaan rest. It is not a promised land rest. It is not a creation rest. It is a Jesus Christ rest. And that's what the writer of Hebrews is trying to point to Jesus. And we can add now Joshua to the list of things that the writer of Hebrews was saying that Jesus is greater than. He started and said Jesus is greater than the prophets. Jesus is greater than the angels. He's greater than Moses. Now we can add that Jesus is greater than Joshua. Because he's our rest. Now the preceding verses has led up to the conclusion in verse 9. Verse 9, what does it say? There remains therefore, he's bringing the point, a rest for the people of God. A rest. Now the word rest there for you students, the word rest there, that word rest in the Greek is only mentioned here, not nowhere else in the New Testament, not even if you look at the Hebrew uh, uh, close to it. It's only mentioned here. And it is the Greek word sabbatismos, which means Sabbath keeping, Sabbath keeping. It refers to eternal rest. All of a sudden, he includes this kind of Sabbath that it's keeping. No, it keeps on and it continues on for those who have been redeemed by the blood of Jesus Christ. It continues on. Verse 10, he says, for he the believer in Christ, who has entered his rest, has himself also ceased from his work as God did from his. And so God enter into his rest. We are resting now from the work. And, and, and that points to the work of trying to keep, you know, the laws the work of trying to get God to love you. He loves you. Even while we were sinners, he still loved us. To trying to make, you, you know, the work for salvation. You can't work for salvation. The only thing you have to do is believe. Repent and believe in Jesus Christ. Can you imagine trying to do the work of 613 commandments, 248 don'ts, and 365 do's? You can't. There is a rest now. Jesus paid it all. The complete work of the cross is salvation. That doesn't mean that we don't work in a sense of, you know, being part of a ministry and, and, and examining our lives to see whether or not, you know, we're obeying God and doing his will, you know. But we do that because Christ did it. We do it because we're Christ-like. We're, we're disciples of Christ and disciples of Christ not only follow his ways, but do his ways. We carry the cross. And because Christ did the work of the cross, we have this rest. The rest points to Jesus. Aren't you glad you decided to join us today on Running the Race? Pastor Eddie has been making his way through the book of Hebrews in a series, Jesus is Better. We're learning some great truths about Jesus coming to be all that the Old Testament had talked about. The strength of God's Word and how it's fulfilled is something mighty to ponder. Hebrews 4.12 says, For the Word of God is living and powerful, and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit and of joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. 
We pray that God's Word has been a discerner of your heart today. We're so glad you joined us for Running the Race. Running the Race is a radio ministry out of Calvary Chapel of Milford. If you're in the New York, New Jersey, or Pennsylvania area, Jessica has an invitation for you. We'd love to have you come join us at Calvary Chapel of Milford. We're conveniently located off Interstate 84 and Route 6. For service times and all the information you need, visit runningtheraceradio.com and click on the Back to Homepage button. While you're there, you can listen to this teaching again or explore more messages from Pastor Eddie. Again, that website is runningtheraceradio.com. Thanks, Jessica. Head over to runningtheraceradio.com to learn more about the church and hear more messages. Pastor Eddie has more to share with you in the book of Hebrews, so make sure you come back to hear more next time, here on Running the Race.